We all know that growing a successful dental practice involves much more than just top-notch dental services. Effective marketing and awesome patient care are also key. This is where Oryx makes a significant difference. Oryx state-of-the-art marketing tools are designed to help your practice shine in the competitive dental landscape. With Oryx, you can automate patient communication, send personalized messages, and run targeted marketing campaigns. Picture this, your patients receive appointment reminders, anniversary greetings, and information about your services tailored specifically to them. This level of personalized communication not only fosters patient loyalty, but also boosts referrals and attracts new patients. On the patient care front, Oryx takes your practice to the next level with its robust, clinically-oriented module which is backed by the acclaimed Koi Center. This integration of cutting-edge dental knowledge and practices means that your team is always at the forefront of dentistry, providing exceptional care for your patients. But it's not just about superior clinical care. Oryx is all about enhancing the patient experience as a whole by streamlining the appointment scheduling process and reducing wait times. Oryx ensures a smoother, more enjoyable patient journey. Plus, with the user-friendly patient portal, patients can conveniently schedule appointments, review their treatment history, and communicate with your team, further enhancing their satisfaction. Now, the moment you've been waiting for, what I want to tell you is as a listener of our podcast, you're invited to schedule a free customized demo. And if you feel like Oryx is the perfect fit for you, then they are giving it for free. If you are a startup, 100%, if you are a startup, then Oryx won't charge you a penny until you've reached 200 active patients. So that means it's 100% free until they know you're succeeding, until you've reached 200 active patients. So click the first link in the show notes below for more information and schedule a free personalized demo and see how Oryx will work for you. Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome back to the Dental Marketer Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Arias, and today I'm speaking with Dr. Sundar Jagadeesan. What I find is people with, they don't have the patience to listen to what all is happening in their mouth. They have a toothache or a problem, one single problem, and they want to just get that fixed and they want to move on to the next part of their life. But the challenge for us or for the front desk is to convert that single person from that mindset of pain attendance or pain relief dentistry to a comprehensive patient. Like once we move them or at least sow the seed that you can be a bit more healthier. You don't have to lose a tooth every two years and you're still paying money for an extraction. At the end of the day, you don't have a tooth to show for the money you spent. And mm -hmm. that's something I tell my patients all the time. Now, Sundar is an accomplished dentist with a diverse background and a passion for providing state-of-the-art dentistry. And during our conversation, Sundar emphasizes the importance of sticking with your practice philosophy and effectively communicating it to your team. By ensuring that the practice values are understood, the details become much easier 
to navigate. Uh, he also highlights the significance of comprehensive service and patient onboarding, emphasizing that the extra time invested in these areas is worthwhile. Uh, Sundar advises simplifying treatment planning for patients, prioritizing their health while making it easier for them to understand the procedures involved. And he explores the role of cash flow in business and how resolving underlying financial issues can free up valuable resource uh, to serve more patients effectively. And he encourages a non-scripted approach to patient cause. It's really, really interesting how he approaches that. Emphasizing the importance of asking questions and adding a personal touch, just as if you were talking to like a good friend. And he also shares insights into strategic planning, suggesting that locking down the big picture strategy first and then brainstorming implementation with the team can yield amazing results. So guys, without further delay, Here's my conversation with Dr. Sundar Jagadeesan. All right, it's time to talk with our featured guest, Dr. Sundar Jagadeesan. Sundar, how's it going? I'm good. It's quite cold down in New Zealand here. I, I believe we have quite a bit of listeners in New Zealand, but I, we've never had an actual practice owner from New Zealand, but we're excited to dive into your practice. I've been actually following your podcast for a while now, and oh. I've been listening to you for a while so it's quite awesome for me to be on the show. I appreciate that, man. Thank you so much. Yeah. I'll Venmo, PayPal you, Zell you after this. Be like, thank you for the shout out. <laughs> I appreciate you. you, man. Thank you for the support. But could you briefly introduce your dental practice and the demographic you primarily serve? So basically, we are a general dental practice, fully catering to family dentistry from fillings, hygiene work to rehab full mouth rehab, fully restorative implants. We place our own implants and I do a bit of microscopic endodontics as well. So it's a fairly good mix of general dentistry and a wee bit of advanced restorative dentistry, as I would like to call it. The demographics here in Napier is basically a middle to upper middle class group. And we are the fruit bowl of New Zealand. Like it's quite a horticulturally quite a big uh, space in New Zealand and we export a lot of uh, citrus fruits, stone fruits, and the economy is mainly agriculture-based. Yeah. Okay. Wait, real quick, what's the currency over there? New Zealand dollars. Oh, yeah. okay. Interesting. So it's around a dollar and a half compared to the US dollars. Okay. Uh, and so buys one and a half New Zealand dollars. Yeah. Gotcha. And that's the main thing over there at the agriculture, like the citrus fruits. You guys export that? In this region, yes. But in general, New Zealand has the main industry here is dairy farming. And so it's, we are a, quite an agrarian society. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Good. Good lesson for us. Awesome. So then that's the primarily the demographic you serve. In which category would you place your practice? Would it be... DSO, private practice, solo doctor, you have multiple doctors or general? So we are a fully small boutique practice. I started the practice in 2018 by myself. And then in 2021, I had my first full-time associate join me. And then she worked with us for 2020 and the whole of 2022. She's back in California at the moment. And we've just started another dent associate dentist who started with us early this year. And we had a bit of a three-month changeover. So there's two of us with one hygienist. It's a fairly small practice. Okay, uh, nice. So then 
How did you know you were ready to bring on the associate full time? So when I set out the set out at the practice, my goal was to get a hygienist at eight months. So, but at six months we did bring her in at a kind of couple of months early. And I told myself like the day when my new patient booking goes past three weeks point, I'll get an associated. So that that's what it took me that length of time. We didn't plan it to be in two years or three years. Whenever organically the practice grew, we were going to do it. But 2020, after COVID hit, we went into this big lockdown. And when we came back, there was a huge influx of patients coming in after the lockdown. And I couldn't handle it. And that's when we said, we'll get an associate. Three-week point was my cutoff. That was it. You're like, at three weeks, we got to... And immediately she jumped on as full-time or was it part-time and then full-time? No, straight away full-time. Straight away full-time, yeah. I didn't want to start an associate part-time for a reason because my practice philosophy is very comprehensive dentistry, boutique. You're, you're, you're looking at a patient, you're trying to understand. It's more personalized. It's not like a DSO where you're just going through the numbers, kind of focusing on a very limited number of new patients a month. So I wanted a person to come in full-time who would absorb into my philosophy first and then go in. Like if I had a part-time, then the dentist has to work in a different practice with a different philosophy and half the philosophy in my place. So there will be a clash in their mindset. So that was my reasoning behind asking someone, come in, you come in full-time and you meet me. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. Was it easy finding an associate? It is actually fairly difficult to get experienced associates in New Zealand at the moment. So I'm actually interviewing another dentist from Colorado and uh, he's quite keen. Looks like uh, our philosophies are kind of coming together. And then hopefully in 2024, we'll try and be a three dentist practice. Oh, wow. I thought you were interviewing associates in New Zealand, but it sounds like you're interviewing associates everywhere, right? Every, anywhere in the world, to be mm-hmm. honest. In New Zealand at the moment, there's a shortage of experienced dentists. So my practice is at a stage where, unfortunately, I'm not able to mentor a young graduate, come in and, and kind of take them through the learning curve. We've reached a space where we have to kind of hit the ground running. And also, in New Zealand, because of after COVID, especially the there are a lot of people who expatriates who came back into New Zealand when the lockdowns happened, the rest of the world, and they've all gone back out, back to Australia, US, UK, and all these countries. So, so there's a real shortage of experience to clinicians. There is there's a good pool of new graduates coming through. Obviously, new graduates they need two or three years to warm their feet up and like kind of get into the rhythm of doing dentistry at an advanced level. So that's where we are a bit stuck. And I think the government migration policies, but they're opening it up as well post-COVID. And so, so at the moment, it's a bit easier to get a dentist from overseas, experienced dentists, I mean. Okay, makes sense, makes sense. So you're growing pretty quick. So what has been your experience with different marketing companies and which strategies have proved to be most effective? So originally when we started, we were focusing on 
ground marketing quite a lot, like newspaper ads, radio ads, print ads, like like put inserts into the local newspaper deliveries. We did get a good uh, group of patients from that, but not enough to sustain a full startup, full-time practice. It was like kind of half and half. And that's when I started researching and learning about SEO and digital marketing and the previous website I had wasn't good enough. One of my cousins, he worked in the IT industry in the UK. So I asked him, can he review my website and tell me from a non-dental point of view, from a patient point of view, do you think it's informative enough to do it? And he gave me a big list of corrections to be done on the website. And so it kind of built up into this whole situation. This was around just before the lockdown and just before COVID. We knew that just ground marketing is not going to work for us. So we decided, okay, we're going to go into digital marketing if we are going to expose ourselves in the region and also just across the region. Like New Zealand's quite a small country. We are in the North Island of New Zealand. Four hours drive south of us is Wellington, the capital of New Zealand. So we said, okay, we're going to concentrate on the region more. And then we went into digital marketing quite a lot. And at that stage, I was listening a lot to Gary Takas, mm -hmm. the thriving dentist show. And I came to know about Equa Marketing. And then we signed up with them. And we're going on with them for three years now. Uh, okay, so, so yeah. Equa Marketing. Equa Marketing, yeah. Okay. And so the most effective thing, do you know currently what they are doing for you, digital marketing-wise? Yes. So they manage a website the content in the website and they manage all our social media handles. They pretty much manage the whole online presence. They keep working on the website quite a lot. Like they keep doing all my content review and pretty much every month there's new content being written and updated into the website. I do a bit of writing myself as well and they proofread it and correct my blogs and they include that into the website and more of educational pieces for patients. So we do that a lot and they, they manage the whole lot of that. Google marketing, what is it like Google ads? Mm -hmm. So they do all that part and then they manage that as well. Okay. Okay. Interesting. So then how much budget do you typically allocate for your marketing activities? For the first two years, I decided I'm going to allocate 5% of my gross profit. So we did that. And then since we moved into Equa, it's a set fee. I think they charge around 1200 US dollars a month for the whole thing. And uh, that has kind of locked in my budget with them, twelve fifteen thousand $15,000 a year. And then we put another 5000 US aside for, we still do a bit of print marketing and newspaper marketing and all those things. We just use a wee bit of that, kind of a mix, radio, prime time radio, drive time radio, newspapers, and all those things. We mix it up a wee bit. But I think mainly our patients are coming, like I did review the reports on Oryx last night, and okay. it was pretty much search engine presence. Okay. 80% of my patients are coming from search engine. From SEO, from like the, the search engine, Google or Bing or something like that. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay, interesting. And how many new patients are you currently getting a month? So average, we're averaging at 50 patients a month, 50 new patients a month. And 
for the first two years, obviously, because every patient is a new patient. We were, first year we had it good, to be honest. We were averaging close to 120, 150 a month. There was a bit too much to start with, to be honest. I didn't have the time to concentrate on the personalized care I wanted to develop in this practice. But then it worked out. Like not all of them were looking for a comprehensive dentist at that stage. Yeah. Some of them were like, oh, it's a new practice. We'll check them out. Kind of people coming in as well. Yeah. And local social media influencers coming in to check me out as well. And there was a bit of that happening as well. And we did, we did manage well in the first two years. Mm-hmm. But digital marketing is where we settled into the group. Okay. So it was like about 120 at the beginning, but then you realized that was too much in the sense of the quality that you wanted to provide. 50 right now is a sweet spot. 50 is the perfect spot for me. We are back at the stage where with 50, we are with two dentists, we are back at that three-week mark. So you need another one. we decided, we said we'll go for another associate. Yeah. So that's how we are progressing. Okay. Yeah. Okay, that's interesting. And then how equipped would you say is your team in converting calls into actual patients? We did have fairly decent front desk group in the last four years, but I think we have finally nailed it with the two, Ruth and Detroit, who have come into our clinic now. In New Zealand, first time we have a, probably not the first time, but very rare occasion, we have a male front desk person. They have got onto the concept quite well and they understood the philosophy and they do a lot of, I wouldn't say 100%, like they're not filtering people, but they do a fair bit of pre-screening in the phone and then they bring patients on board. I think front desk, as long as they understand the philosophy of the practice and they believe in the philosophy, they'll be able to convert a phone call to a person on the chair. And we spent a lot of time in the last 18 months to train them in the philosophy. And then that has rolled over into good conversion rates as well for us. What do you do if you can break it down for us to like, and remind us again real quick what the philosophy is, but at the same time, let us know like in these 18 months, this is the system that we need to start believing in. The philosophy of the practice is we are looking for patients who are seeking comprehensive care. Say, for example, they have a toothache, they come an emergency patient, that's the limited examination they're coming. They're coming for an LOE. We get them out of pain, but then we explain to them about a comprehensive dentistry. Like we do a full COE, full panel, full set x-rays, full set photographs, and get to treat the whole mouth. And any dental pathology we see in the mouth, we want to treat it and get them back to good health. So this is the one line of the philosophy. And I told my front desk that we are almost like dental evangelists in this part of the world. To me, the patients coming into my practice, we are pretty much our, their last chance for dental redemption. They have to le- hear what they have to hear. So we need the time and resources to spend time with them, explain what's happening in their mouth in more detail. What I find is people with they don't have the patience to listen to what all is happening in their mouth. They have a toothache or a problem, one single problem, and they want to just get that fixed and they want to move on to the next part of their life. But the challenge for us 
or for the front desk is to convert that single person from that mindset of pain attendance or pain relief dentistry to a comprehensive patient. Like once we move them or at least sow the seed that you can be a bit more healthier. You don't have to lose a tooth every two years and you're still paying money for an extraction. But at the end of the day, you don't have a tooth to show for the money you spent. And that's something I tell my patients all the time. And if unfortunately you lose this tooth, we don't want to lose another one. And that's the starting point. And then we took the time to kind of do clinical retreat days, management retreat days, practice retreat days with the whole team. And we would sit down and thrash out and we'll take randomly uh, a few concepts out of what is available out there. And then we sit and discuss, okay, this is what we want to do, how we are going to do it. I'm kind of a big picture guy. I get get the gist of what I want to do. And then I roll the idea to my team and ask them how you want to do it. And when they decide, okay, this is how we're going to do it. This is how we're going to speak to the patients and all those things. And then it's their concept. It's They believe in it and they know how to do it it's because it's not trained or it's not artificial for them, mm-hmm. for me to come back and say, this is the verbiage you got to use. Yes, we do discuss verbiage, but then it's not scripted. It's out of coming out of their core belief that they want to see good, healthy smiles. And they kind of explain that. And we do these retreats often. And once we do these retreats often, they over a period of time, they get to understand my thoughts and what I want to achieve for the patient. And once they believe that, then the phone call conversion happens a bit better. That's what has worked for me. So there is no specific script that you guys follow. Like, oh, if the person says, how much is it for... Uh... You know what I mean? Like a implant or do you take my insurance? There's no specific like, oh, we're going to want to say this. No. My, my biggest thing for my team or the front desk instruction is ask them more questions to understand them. Each call will be different. There's no scripted questions to us. And all they do is just try and question them more like, okay, if you're asking for how much it is, why do you ask that? Have you, do you have another code? Or do you have, what kind of treatment are you looking for? Say, for example, how much is an extraction? Then the next question would be, is it a front tooth or a back tooth? Uh, Oh, it's a back tooth. Oh, how broken down it is. Oh, it's quite painful. I think, you know what, maybe. So the conversation kind of drags on from there. But the main thing for the front desk is to express or impress on the patient's mind that unless a dentist sees the mouth, you're not going to get an answer precisely. So that's where they're driving. And then the conversion happens. And they come and sit down, have a chat. And once they're in the chair, then it's up to the dentist to express my philosophy or teach them, educate mm-hmm. about having this whole concept of comprehensive dentistry. But we okay. don't have a totally set script. We don't have that. No. It sounds like you take a lot of time investing in the onboarding right, of your team members. You're not just like, guys, throughout this time, we're going to be learning quick systems, follow what the office manager is telling you. It's not like that. It's like, we got to onboard. And a lot of that time, more than 60% is like, it really internalizing the philosophy so you can care a whole lot about the patient. Yeah. I like that. I like that a lot. Yeah. Because you almost feel 
they say that's like a thing in, in selling almost. Like they say, when you sell, if they say no, you want to feel bad that they're like, this thing that I have for you is going to help you out so much. I feel bad that you're saying no. Exactly. Kind of thing. Okay. Interesting. I like that. I like that a lot. Your philosophy. It does take time though. The downside to the concept of the way I do it, it does mm -hmm. take time for a person. And I, yes, I have had staff members who come in and they themselves are a bit impatient to get rolling. Right. So the whole process gets, sometimes it's a bit too slow for them and they pull out. But I said like, that's fine. Like you, you might as well go now. Yeah. So that has happened as well. Yeah. No, but it's good. It's good that you are, you know, you're sticking to your guns kind of thing. And, yes. And making yeah. sure not yeah. adapting to them. Interesting. Okay. So then right now, throughout this process, what have been some of the best companies you've worked with and some of the worst companies you've worked with that just didn't work out for you? One of the companies which did not work out for us was Scheduling Institute. So we did some time, like we spent almost like six, seven months with them. But they were really nice people. Their concepts, I like them. Call it cultural difference between the two countries. I don't know. But I felt, or oh, my staff felt as well, they were a bit more aggressive or a bit more scripted. And that's where I got my concept of, I don't want it to be scripted. I want it to be organic. I want the patient to feel be part of like walking into a friend's house. And that's the organic feeling I wanted in my practice. So we said, no, we'll stop scheduling institute. We'll come out of that. So scheduling institute is something which did not work out for us. But two people who influenced a lot in my two people, two companies, so to speak. One is Dr. John Coyce from the Coyce Center in Seattle. He taught me the philosophy and the treatment concept and how to do higher value dentistry. But at the same time, John also teaches you how to grow yourself as a person. And it kind of, the whole tribe is about being, doing better for yourself, doing better for your patients, doing better for your team, doing better for your family. It's this whole concept of working towards excellence. I learned that from John. Mm -hmm. And then the other person is Gary Takas with the Thriving Dentist Show. What I learned from him was the whole concept of co-discovery, being honest with the patient. If you don't know something, you don't know something. If you want to wait and watch, you wait and watch. And if not desperate about making that sale, it happens. There's also like a, like a subtle element of being detached to the sale. Want the health for the person. It's not a sale kind of target-driven agenda there. I learned that from Gary Takas. And it was an organic move from him to Equa as well. Yeah, that's true. I feel like if you don't have that monetary value all the time, you more have the, I need to help this person value. Yeah, yeah. Because there's a conflict of interest, right? Like you, we get paid for the help we do to people. As an NGO for that matter, they don't get paid for it. And then... There is a concept of gratification, like they're, they're doing it for the sheer fun of doing it, the sheer satisfaction of doing it. And when we change the practice or the whole practice model to that part, that's when it becomes easier for me to speak to the patient and say, you know what, you have all these problems, but it's great. Like it's, I'm getting excited. I could do this for you. I could change this for you. 
if you want to go, if you're ready, when you are ready, I'm happy to do it. Yeah. And I did a presentation last night and I was super excited. I was so buzzed out. The last two hours before the presentation, I was just waiting to go into that case presentation. Yeah. And it worked out well. Like she enjoyed it. And that's where it is. She wants to go ahead, but she still has to make the commitment financially and all those things. I understand that, especially with this whole new recession happening and the cost of living crisis and all those things. We understand people in where they are in their life and we give them the space they give back into the practice. Another company which has really worked with the comprehensive care, what we are trying to do is Oryx, the dental software, because I feel the software itself should support a clinician to make better decisions. And it should be intuitive and interactive to your workflow. A software should not be just a recording medium. Software should be part of your workflow. And that's what I like about Oryx. From the time the patient, the phone call comes in, the interaction, the new, the welcome email which goes out, the new patient forms which goes out. Because of my time with the Koi Center, this is fully embedded with the Koi's philosophy, the forms and everything. And that kind of speaks to the patient from the word go, that I've come to a place which is different. I've come to a place where they take care of me as a whole person, not as a single tooth or a, as a number. So Oryx gives me that platform to speak to the patient. There's a soft, subtle message which goes to the patient that I am comprehensive. I'm looking to treat you comprehensively. And that's what Oryx gives us. And the moment the patient walks into the clinic, the way we take them into the room and settle in, and we do the whole charting process, they can see the screen and we go through radio, like the structured exam process, Dr. Coy's teaches, like radiographic exam, EMJ, tooth structure, head and neck lesions, morphological lesions, orthodontic classifications, periodontal, dentofacial, airway. I don't think any software, as far as I've seen, is so extensive and patient care-centered, health-centered, person-centered. I don't think any other software facilitates this kind of care. At least I've not seen it. Yeah, no, no, it's, that's fantastic. How did it take your team? Because you say there's a lot, right, that Oryx offers and there's a lot of things. And I feel like when it comes to softwares that have a lot, sometimes it either we tend to say like there's too many bells and whistles or we tend to the team. It takes a lot for the team to get on board, to know it, to understand it. You know what I mean? Did that happen with you or no? It did not, to be honest. It did not because I made a very conscious decision to hire people who were non-dental people from the word go. So all my staff are first time into dental industry, except for my first practice manager who started the clinic with me. She had 20 years of clinical experience like as a practice administrator, but her time was done in the first two, three years. And then we made a conscious decision to hire people who did not have any dental experience. So they came in with no baggages. They were not exposed to different softwares. They were not exposed to different philosophies. All they had exposure to was their own dental care themselves. At a dentist, had a filling, had an extraction done or whatever treatment they've done. And that's about it. And another personal project we have as a family, like me and my wife, 
is to encourage younger dental assistants who come to us. We encourage them to go on to a hygiene school or even dental school. So we motivate them to go on and do that. Nice. So we kind of get people in from the homeschooling group, from high school dropouts and all those things. So they come in, they get a bit of a grounding with us and then they go back into schools. So we get people who are non-dental all the time. So it's easier to train them, especially with our Oryx. Real quick, yeah. how much do you, if you don't mind me asking, how much does Oryx cost? How much are you paying for Oryx? I'm paying $535 a month. Okay. U.S.? Yeah. U.S. Okay. And that's with everything. It, it, at the very end, if you can tell me two things, what is it that your team, or three things, what is it that your team really loves about Oryx? The patients, what do they love about Oryx and you? The team likes about Oryx is it's very easy for them to manage the scheduling mm -hmm. and the exam part and then the treatment part, treatment planning part, I mean. So everything is segmented and everything is on a drop-down menu. So it's very easy to use. And that's what the team has told me. That's the easiest part. From a patient point of view, all patient communication is pretty much on a click of a button. Like, for example, one of the smallest things, but I love that feature, is save the date appointment. As soon as we book the patient, in the room, we just click a button, it sends them out a text. I've asked this at my medical doctor's clinic. Can you send me a text so I don't forget it? I don't have to note it down. I don't have to write it down. They say, oh, we'll send one the day before. But to me, that's too late. So mm -hmm. it's instant. And things like that, like small things like that, it's easy. And another thing patient from a patient point of view is Oryx, as soon as you get all your exam data very correctly and put it in, then it gives you Dr. Kois's diagnostic opinion automatically, and it gives you the risk assessment printout automatically. So that's a big thing for me, making the patient understand, you know what, this is what is happening in your mouth. And it's very easy for us to explain to the patient, especially in a comprehensive setting, you have to look at the whole thing. You have to look at the gums, you have to look at the teeth, you have to look at your you know, aesthetics and all those things like it's organic, the whole thing. And patients like that. Patients like that because everyone wants to speak about themselves, right? Like everyone wants to hear others speak about them. And when I give this report and they read it and it's like, oh, that's me. Oh, is mm -hmm. this what's happening? How is this what's happening? Oh, that photo looks horrible. That x-ray looks horrible. They don't read x-rays, but as soon as they see it on a piece of paper, physically on their hand, that makes a difference. And Oryx makes that possible. From my point of view, for all these reasons, it makes my life easy. The biggest thing is when I first did the, the Koi Center curriculum, my biggest challenge was, how am I going to implement this? I'm half the world away. I don't have the same kind of support system as a dentist in the U.S. has, like they have local COIS members, easy support system, but I'm here. But then to me, Oryx becomes my link back to the COIS center on an everyday level. It's a reminder for me, like you go through this checklist, you don't missing anything. 
exam, you go through cavities, the watching existing illustrations. It's pretty much like what Dr. Coy speaks about the checklist manifesto. The book quite big on that in the first couple of sessions. He speaks about it like and how he trains us to he says you should not have cognitive overload. You should be thinking how you can make the patient better, but you shouldn't be thinking, have I noted this down? Have I noted this down? Have I, am I looking at this correctly? That's cognitive overload. I don't have that cognitive overload anymore. My energy is spent to interact with the patient, understand the patient, and present a comprehensive plan to the patient, rather than, oh, have I noted how, what is the mobility? Have I noted what is the periodontal pocket depth? Have I noted cavities? It's all there. It's a checklist. You just go through the list. Your exam is done. It's very systematic. You don't have to think it. Think about it. Dr. Coy's one of the things he says about not to have to think about things is apparently when he goes to the SeaTac airport, he parks his car at the same place. When he comes back from the trip, he's like, I'm not thinking where did I park my car and all those things. He just goes to that spot straight away. He says, as dentists, we should preserve our brain and cognitive energy to serve the patient, not to think about, oh, I haven't done this, I haven't done this, I haven't done this. And that is, that small concept has changed my life as well. In personal life, now I go from home to clinic, it's the same route, same uh, speed, same things. It becomes a routine and it's actually quite liberating to do that. Yeah, no, I like that. I like that a lot. So then it makes it a lot easier. Everything, right? Everything. Awesome. Okay. So then switching gears here a little bit, have you ever faced a situation where the promised results were not achieved with the expected time frame within your marketing or marketing company or previous marketing company? That has been there. Sometimes that has been there with Equa as well. But I've come to a stage where I kind of let it happen. Sometimes I feel I take a more philosophical back step and say, I'd let this go. I'll wait and see how it pans out. It does put a cash flow pressure when mm-hmm. things doesn't happen a bit faster from a business point of view. It does put you on the spot sometimes. But if we manage cash flow better as a business owner, like allocation, and that's another thing which has happened with us is since COVID, I looked at the profit first system. So the profit first system as such, the, from the cash flow point of view has helped me a lot. Some months are big, some months are slow, but then there's no consistency. We kind of get frustrated about, oh, the marketing is not working, conversion's not happening, front desk is not doing their job, or the DA hasn't followed up with the treatment plan presentation. All the, These frustrations are a reflection of your problem on the behind is your cash flow. As soon as the money part is clear and slow and seamless, then as a clinician, as a business owner, my mind is clear to concentrate on the thing. So the frustrations on a day-to-day life from a marketing point of view or from a staff performance point of view, I've got to a stage where I'm not going to force and make it happen. Sometimes we do, I'll admit. Sometimes it does get to me, sometimes, but mostly once we manage the cash flow a bit better, then we have the systems in place, we trust the process and just go through that hurdle and then just move on to the next one. 
So that's how I've been doing it in the last three years. Do you ever approach them and say like, guys, what's going on or what's happening or anything like that? That has happened. We do have a bit of a heated huddle sometimes in the Mm -hmm. morning. That has happened like, like we, it happened recently, last Mm -hmm. week. We came off a long weekend, first day back, couple of them were sick Mm -hmm. and I was depressed. I wasn't happy. I did tell them. I did tell them that the Tuesday we were, and on the Wednesday morning when they were back, I did tell them this is not on. You have to preserve yourself through the weekend so that you could turn up to work and be at your best. They did something in the weekend which didn't go well and they were tired or a bit sick to come back. And I do voice my frustration. I think as a business owner, it's also important for me to express how I feel, for my team to know that I'm human. I have pressures of running a business, cash flow, paying them, paying suppliers. There's a lot of financial pressures on running a business. And to me, it's about being honest and human to your team, to the pressures of running a business and explaining it to them. Like, you guys have to sometimes start thinking like a business owner. This doesn't work out. It's going to put a big cash flow pressure on us. And on the clinical retreat days, another thing we discuss is the impact of today's sale in six months' time. That's what's going to translate as a pay rise to you. If that doesn't happen, if you're not helping me to do that today, please don't expect a pay rise to me from me down the line. In the pot, I can serve it to you. If it's not in the pot, I can't serve it to you. I'm not going to pluck money out of thin air and give it to you, right? Like, so mm-hmm. come on, guys, we are a team. We have to settle down, get into the groove and do things so that we can serve people better, get paid better, and we share better. We do have those conversations now and then. In the clinical retreat days, we do explain it to them. We cause staff training days and things like that. We do discuss that. Team mm-hmm. meetings. Okay. That's good. That's good that you're able to open up about that. You know what I mean? But express it that way. Today, if we don't make it, the sale, what you do today is going to affect six months from now. Yeah. Everybody's pay. Yeah. That's real good. Awesome. So then one of the last questions I want to ask you as a practice owner, what advice could you give our listeners who are new to this? I would say if you're starting a practice out, be clear in your value system. Out of your value system, you deliver the vision for your practice. And once you get a concept of what vision, what philosophy you want your practice to be and make it unique from what is offered around the area, kind of backtrack it a bit, do a good area study, location study, be clear in your philosophy and then stick to your guns and don't change the philosophy at least within the first five years to see whether it's working or not. Do all your planning prior to that, before the day, first day, you open the clinic, you go in, and then you've done all your homework before that. You're not there to change things. You're All you're doing is just to sit there and let it happen. One other thing I would do differently if I need to, if I'm going to do a, another startup is I'd get a fairly decent reserve cash flow, personal cash to protect the family or give the family a good year's living expenses, one full year living expense before you go into it. 
because one of the things we get carried away is, oh, we put everything into the new practice and we don't kind of keep reserves to take care of the family. And because the reality is, unless your family is happy, you're not able to concentrate on the new startup. You need that freedom to concentrate on the new practice fully. So reserve cash is something I'm quite passionate about. I tell the other dentists here in New Zealand who are starting practices to uh, at least have anything with me around at least a bare minimum of a $50,000 reserve, personal mm-hmm. cash stashed away to take care of the family. And yeah. Another thing I would say is look into Oryx as a software. I tell that to all my associates and all my dentists, all my friends, because the software itself should support your growth as a clinic. It should not be a recording medium. Even for the associate who's gone back to California now, I did suggest her to go with Oryx as a software for the new clinic she's starting in California. That's something I'm quite passionate about, having your systems in place and then grow. And one more thing is when you come to equip the practice, have the minimum to start with. Don't overcapitalize on the practice too early and be slow in adding things into it equipment wise, but have the real estate space ready for it from the word go so that you don't have to, oh, I want to add another chair, but I can't fit it within this space. I have to move premises. So concentrate on your homework, getting the real estate right. You don't have to put it out all in one go and you could slowly work your way through in the first five years. Yeah. Awesome, Sundar. Thank you so much for your time. We appreciate it. If anyone has any further questions or concerns, where can they find you? They can find me on my website, www.dentique.nz. SJ at dentique.nz is my email. I would love to hear from your audience. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. So guys, that's going to be in the show notes below to reach out to Sundar. And Sundar, thank you so much for being with us. It's been a pleasure and we'll hear from you soon. My pleasure, Michael. It was an absolute honor to be part of your show. Also, a shout out to my team and my family for supporting me to get where we are today. Thank you so much. Awesome. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you. Thank you guys so much for tuning into that episode. And Sundar, thank you so much for being a part of the podcast. We appreciate it. Guys, please, if you want to support the podcast and at the same time, if you're looking for an all-in-one cloud-based practice management software like Sundar, then check out Oryx. Click on the first link in the show notes below and they are giving everyone who's a startup right now. So if you are starting up or maybe you are already in the startup process, but you haven't reached 200 patients yet, active patients, guys, they're giving it to you for free until you reach 200 active patients. They want to make sure you succeed as quickly as possible. So... If you are a startup and you haven't even decided on what software you're going to be utilizing, check out Oryx. Go in the show notes below, schedule a free customized demo, see everything they have to offer you. Like you heard Sundar talk about them, right? Uh, They do amazing, amazing stuff for you and your practice and your team and your patients, right? Uh, So definitely go check them out. And remember the exclusive deal. They won't charge you a single penny until you reach 200 active patients. So go check them out. 
And at the same time, guys, thank you so much for supporting the podcast. If you want to talk to Sundar or any of the guests in the past or just join in a little bit deeper on the conversations, uh, you can do so by joining the free Facebook group, The Dental Marketer Society. And that's going to be in the show notes below as well. Now, the quote for this episode, it's from the book, The Psychology of Money. And maybe some of you have read it, maybe some of you haven't, but the quote is, planning is important, but the most important plan is to plan on the plan, not going according to plan. Interesting. All right. Thank you guys so much for tuning in and I'll talk to you in the next episode.